Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Carving the Divine TV special. So this week, we have a special edition. Uh, we've been interviewing scholar uh, Michael Jordan Verhoutenwelt for quite a long time now. Uh, and he's been doing a really great job on explaining about Buddhism and the history of Buddhism. But you know, scholarship is only one aspect of uh, uh, Buddhism or any religions. And I think uh, we are often uh, forgetting the fact that there are people who practice religio religious tradition and those people might have a little bit or quite a bit different uh, opinions about uh, uh, their own tradition. So, I think it's a really great idea to uh, present you guys with the uh, uh, other side of uh, uh, Buddhism, which is aside from scholarship. So today, I have a special guest, uh, special guest from Shin Buddhism. So today, we want to talk about the Shin Buddhism and figure out what Shin Buddhism is all about. So we have Reverend Kenji Akahoshi here. Welcome, Reverend. Hello. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Nice, nice. Nice to uh, have you here. So uh, please, Reverend, uh, introduce yourself uh, because we don't know who you are and we want to know who you are. I'm the uh, resident minister of the Buddhist Temple of San Diego. We're a Jodo Shinshu temple, part of what's called the Buddhist Churches of America, uh, about 60 temples here in, in the United States, a branch of uh, Pure Land Buddhism from Japan. And um, I think you want to know more about the, the living aspects of uh, what we call Shin Buddhism in America, known uh, originally in Japan as Jodo Shinshu. Great, well, great. So, yes, yes, uh, Reverend, we want to know about uh, Shin Buddhism. And uh, if you can explain to us briefly what Shin Buddhism is about, because we don't know anything about it. So, Let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, uh, I'll give you a little history first. Uh, Shin Buddhism is about 800 years old. Uh, it was uh, formed in uh, 13th century Japan by a man named Shinnan. And the aspect of it is that it's here for the common working person. Often we think of, uh, when we think of Buddhism, it's monastic Buddhism. But uh, this is for the average working person. And this is why I think it will have uh, such a big impact in America, because uh, it uh, differs from some other aspects in uh, what people think of as, as Buddhism. But uh, Buddhism basically means to wake up. And the path that our founder, Shinnan, uh, proposed was that the average person can reach an awakening as deep as what many monks and nuns do, uh, simply by taking another path. And that path is a, a path of gratitude. And um, you asked earlier about uh, you know, how Shin Buddhism might differ from other schools of Buddhism. Uh, all schools of Buddhism uh, takes uh, practice uh, in different forms. And the thought is that there are many paths up to awakening. And the Shin Buddhist path is basically uh, geared for those who are working, uh, who have lives, raising families, who may not have time to meditate and do some of the other practices that are considered uh, Buddhistic. So the essence of Shin Buddhism, like 
most of the schools is that the present moment is the most important. And what Chin Buddhism uh, looks at is the present moment and that it can only be possible because of the efforts of the past. And so gratitude is one of the key uh, principles in Chin Buddhism, that uh, we look for things that we can feel grateful toward. And so rather than think of achieving a certain uh, state of uh, spirituality or uh, calmness, just this simple act of uh, appreciating all the things around us is what alerts us to this grand mystery we call life. And uh, from that, we can answer many of the deeper questions. But that's essentially uh, uh, what I like to refer to as uh, shifting from the mentality of uh, please, this desire for things that we don't have, to thank you, appreciating all the many things that we may have ignored or taken for granted, and just appreciating life at the very common level. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that, you know, uh, I'm sometimes in a situation that I cannot appreciate what I have, but always thinking about, oh, why, that, why do I not have this? Why do I not have this? So, you know, but you are saying that desire is also healthy. Right. Uh, in terms of uh, what we call dualism, as humans, we always see things in two parts. You know, we can only have up if there's a down or an inside if there's an outside. And there can only be good if there's bad and life because of death. And so as Shin Buddhists, we look for balance, the middle path, that if life doesn't work for us, it means we're un unbalanced. And the unbalance is caused by our own egocentric desires. So it's not that we become completely pure and outward thinking. We always have this egocentric uh, sense of desire and anger, uh, dislike, all these uh, human emotions. But it's just an effort to shift part of that into uh, an area of gratitude, of harmony, um, accepting others. Uh, the basic premise of uh, uh, Amida Buddha, and I'll uh, explain that in just a bit, is that we are uh, just fine, uh, just the way we are. We're accepted just as we are. And therefore, we can accept others just as we are. Great, great. So you mentioned Amitabha, Amitabha Buddha. That's, that's good, because uh, uh, this is going to be the next question. Uh, so what is uh, Amitabha Buddha? Who is Amitabha Buddha? And uh, how does it differ from a, a historical Buddha? So often, as outsiders, it's very difficult to consolidate uh, this whole big idea. So. I, I was wondering if you could briefly explain to sure. us about it. The term Amida is a Japanese term of two Sanskrit words, Amitabha and Amitayus. Basically, those words mean uh, infinite life and immeasurable light. Light and life, two mysterious things that compose all of what we know. And so we personalize it, in a, in a sense, symbolizing it with a, a human figure, Amida. But this is beyond thought. That's just one of the symbols. The words Namo Amidabutsu also crystallize that uh, essence that really can't be explained. And this Namo means that I am one with, or I take refuge in, Amida Buddha, which simply means I take life, uh, I take refuge in life and light, meaning I am accepted just as I am. And this feeling of being accepted means that I can accept others. But this is where this whole sense of gratitude. Uh, uh, 
you know, uh, comes about. Because once we realize that our birth has been caused by unknown causes, causes and conditions beyond our thought, then we can make life uh, uh, joyful. And the uh, acknowledgement of this is that we help others because we have acknowledged that uh, we're only here because of the efforts of others, parents, grandparents, all of life, uh, all of the animals and vegetables that we have eaten. Uh, the Shin Buddhist view reverses a lot of uh, how we, uh, many of us may look at life. Because we are, uh, only have a short time on this earth, let's say 100 years, we think everything is here for us. And yet we may be ignoring the fact that it's taken billion, billions of years for this earth to form, uh, for this sun to be in the solar system, this whole galaxy, all of these uh, unknown things are here because we can enjoy life. And because of that, our biological birth uh, gives us a sense that we can wake up to this reality. And when we do, uh, it's not for our material gain, but for the spiritual uh, oneness that we have shared, not due to our own achievement, but because we've received this. Mm -hmm. Now, Shin Buddhism, Jodo Shinju is the largest school of Buddhism in Japan. And I think it will grow in America because of this thought that we can uh, acknowledge this uh, gift we have, this gift of human life. And rather than uh, seek our own individual uh, merit or uh, physical uh, wealth, social standing, our efforts are placed in helping others. This whole sense of interdependence that we, can, we are connected with everyone else. And so uh, with that thought in mind, uh, it brings us great joy. Uh, because we, uh, our efforts, our practices in helping others. There's great joy in that. Uh, getting back to Amida, it, it's just a reminder that we are connected. Uh, Amida again means light and life. We can interpret the human uh, characteristics of wisdom and compassion. And that uh, being part of that, uh, our life purpose would be to help others just as others have helped us. So the historical Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha, symbolized this uh, very sacred uh, experience uh, in terms of the words Namo Amidabutsu or Namandabs, a, a shorter chant, or a human figure uh, in, in the form of a picture or statue. So again, it is a picture, the finger pointing to the moon of truth. And so we don't uh, need to dwell so much on the picture. Having a human form helps us. Uh, in fact, in Japanese, uh, Amida is often referred to as Oyasama, or parent, honorable parent. So this is a human quality, and uh, having a human being there with the uh, mudras or the uh, expression of acceptance is one that we all of us humans uh, desire, this uh, sense of belonging. So that is, uh, hopefully I've clarified, uh, Amida being this representative of all of life which goes beyond thought, actually. Mm -hmm. So, uh, historical Buddha is uh, somebody who experienced uh, this special, uh, yes, you know, some right. special uh, realization. And at that time, we have to think about 2,500 years ago, people could uh, realize these very deep concepts in terms of mythology or with a human figure. And so, again, Buddhism uh, presents very, all these very deep uh, philosophical and spiritual concepts in very everyday form so that 
each person can experience it in his own way. So Namo Amidabutsu is an experience, uh, which means that we uh, have a, a physical, uh, physical experience of this reality. So you talk about Nami Amida Butsu. So, you know, uh, this is uh, part of a name Butsu, but, you know, uh, name Butsu is a little bit difficult for people who never exposed to the, uh, tra this tradition to understand. So can you br briefly mention what name Butsu is about? Okay, the, the first part, N-E-M, Nem means to uh, think on. Uh, Butsu is Buddha. So Nem Butsu is to think of Buddha. In, in other words, it's to be one. As I said, it is an experience. And when we can experience that we are one with light and life, we're part of our parents, grandparents, and so forth, uh, there is this sense of belonging. Uh, this is uh, actually maybe a strange uh, sense for uh, all mammals, where uh, there's a sense that we have to earn our acceptance. But this teaching tells us we are accepted just as is. And with that thought, it allows us to accept others. So Nembutsu uh, is uh, the, the words, Namo Amidabutsu, which can be shortened to a chant, Namandav, Namandav, Namandav. And that... Is this uh, a chanting? <laughs> like, uh, basically, it's a chanting, so they're asking, uh, I mean, the way I like to explain it is that it shifts. Uh, usually the mind uh, has that the, when we uh, encounter a deity, it's that we uh, request something, that we want to achieve a, a, a different place. And I like to explain it in terms of uh, gratitude, of receiving, that we're not asking for anything. We're actually saying thank you. So it's a shift. Uh, Shinnan talks about a crosswise leap. In other words, a shift in perspective. If I were to shift my view uh, sideways, I would see things from a different angle. And basically, it's just saying that rather than uh, complain about things that we don't have, there are far more things that we could appreciate. So it's not asking for what we don't have. It's realizing all the things that we do uh, have in life, which we have taken for granted. That is a fundamental shift that many of us miss because we have this tendency to think of the ego, to think of survival. Hmm. But uh, those who have lived the uh, Shin Buddhist uh, path really appreciate life regardless of our material uh, wealth. And we see that in the uh, pioneers who brought this from Japan, who led a very meager type lifestyle and yet had full lives because they were spiritually rich. They really appreciated whatever they had. Mm -hmm. And uh, this goes toward the more spiritual aspects of the end of life. In other words, uh, do we, at the end of life, think about what we didn't have? Or can we say thank you, appreciate all that we have lived, regardless of the number of years, that the possibility of living a human life is impossible. <laughs> if we really look at the statistical reality of uh, being born as a human, uh, it is almost impossible. Uh, there's a poem that goes that uh, it, uh, if we go back 20 generations, that would take one million people, that's parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and et cetera, going back 20 generations would involve one million people. Wow. But with that in mind, we really appreciate that we are here, that we made it at all, and that 
no amount of material wealth uh, for a single individual will make us happy. But this awakening, and Buddha means to be awakened, awakening to this reality that I am alive, I am a human, uh, and now I'm able to repay that debt, uh, being awake, again, by helping others. So the practice in Shin Buddhism is Namo Amidabutsu, uh, waking up, appreciating what we have, serving others. So it is a, a point, rather than looking to the future to gain more, it is so that we can repay. And we repay because we are awake to this reality that we have been receiving this from all others. Beautiful. So uh, when I, sometimes uh, uh, I hear that uh, from scholarship that, you know, uh, Shin Buddhism is like uh, Christianity. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Amita Buddha is like a Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So is this true or this is completely uh, wrong information? So please. It's somewhat of a superficial view, but it's understandable because when we look at things, we relate it to things we know. And in America, we have the Abrahamic religions where we do have an outside God or deity to which we uh, you know, request things for our own benefit. And again, as I said, uh, Amida Buddha is in a sense symbolic. And I use that word uh, in the uh, form of uh, Paul Tillich, who said that these symbols have a, a power of their own, like the flag. Uh, in other words, it's not just the symbol, but the, a symbol can really uh, move us. And so Shakyamuni Buddha used this as a means of uh, having us humans relate to light and life, something that's difficult for us to relate to. But wait, wait, wait. What, what is a Shakyamuni Buddha? I'm sorry, people probably yeah. don't know. Oh, Shakyamuni Buddha is the name of the historical Buddha, a human oh. being who said he was not a god, he was an actual human who woke up, who was enlightened or realized the truth of life and that everything is interconnected, everything is changing. And our participation in this, uh, he symbolized by this, uh, what he called Buddha, a human form, uh, just so we could relate to that. It's very difficult sometimes to relate to wisdom, compassion, light and life. But if we have a human form, uh, we can relate to that and with the sense that we have been accepted, that we take refuge in this. Oh, so basically, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha is the same as the historical Buddha. Is that right, okay. yes, yes. And, and then he named this, uh, in mythology, a uh, Amida Buddha. And there is a myth that goes with it. But Buddhism has always used uh, what's called skillful means of teachings, that they are fingers pointing to the moon of truth, that we don't get hung up on the fingers, we don't argue so much with other schools of Buddhism or other religions because there are just other ways of pointing to the truth. And the truth mm-hmm. is, in a sense, beyond our real thought. But it is an experience where we feel uh, comforted, uh, we feel accepted, uh, we feel loved. Uh, this is the word compassion. And, uh, and so, uh, again, unlike uh, some of the other religions, we look at the interdependence of life, that I am... Uh, significant because I am part of the whole. It's not that I am separate from uh, all else. I don't seek things just for myself. I seek things for the entire group. And this voicing Namo Amidabutsu is acknowledging that I am part of the whole. Again, not due to any skillful means on my part, but because others have uh, provided this for me. 
So uh, Amitabha Buddha is not like a Jesus Christ. No, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How he different from Jesus Christ? Well, uh, my thought on Jesus is that uh, he is the son of God and uh, after he died, he regained birth. Uh, Amida is again uh, symbolic, just uh, this whole uh, essence of light and life, wisdom, mm -hmm. compassion. Mm -hmm. And I am part of light and I am part of life. <laughs> and, uh, but for, let's say for a hundred years, I have this human form. We go back to our original nature. I don't know quite what that is, but I may say that I, in a sense, come from light and life, and I go back to light and life. But it's while I have this human form that I can do something. Now, mm -hmm. if I had this human form and was not aware of it, not awake of it, I might waste it just kind of uh, struggling through life or enjoying the good parts and suffering through the bad parts. But when I'm awake to that, this is what brings joy and comfort and uh, what could be called a settled mind, settled, just feeling uh, uh, in harmony with all of life. And with that harmony, I do uh, work for the benefit of all beings, just as all beings have worked for my benefit. Mm. So a sense of interdependence, waking up to interdependence, waking up to uh, change or the, um, uh, you know, uh, well, the uh, trans, uh, transcendence of life. Everything changes, and uh, I'm comforted by that because uh, I am part of, uh, you know, this whole dynamic. But again, Buddhism means to wake up to this, and when I really wake up, that, that is what brings joy. Uh, the mystery is no longer a mystery so much that I just uh, accept life for what it is, and again, appreciate, uh, uh, appreciate life. So, uh when we go to uh, your temple, so you will teach us uh, uh, what this is all about, how we can actually practice it in our life. Is that correct? Right. Again, the practice for a Shin Buddhist is not to achieve anything, not to get to anywhere else. Oh, oh. Practice for a Shin Buddhist is a practice of gratitude, waking up. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, it's demonstrated again by uh, service to others. Okay. And you might see this. Uh, Going to Japan, I always feel that uh, Shin Buddhism, being the largest school of Buddhism in Japan, has shaped much of the culture and language of Japan. And much of that is about helping others, that people often uh, diminish their own sense of ego, uh, considering the whole. In other words, uh, yeah, people are very uh, respectful of others. Uh, there's very little stealing. Uh, there's a great respect for the others. People line up. Um, there is this thought of interdependence, and I think it's greatly influenced by uh, Shin Buddhism. Huh. When we greet each other, uh, as you know, uh, when you say, how are you? The answer is not, I am fine. It always is preceded by these words, okagesama de, which means, because of you, because of others, I am fine. So the language, the bowing of humility, all of these things are, I think, reflections of uh, Shin Buddhist influence in Japanese culture. Great, great. So if you want to learn about the Japanese culture and the, the way Japanese people behave, yeah, Shin Buddhism is always the way to go. I got right. it. Yeah. We, we don't have to become Japanese, but all these <laughs> principles are very important to, to all of us, that we are all humans. In this modern age, we do know that we are related to people across uh, the other side of the earth. This interdependence is uh, proven by 
uh, our knowledge of atoms and molecules. And uh, uh, just by, uh, you know, all this uh, scientific knowledge, it's, it's proving out these very simple basic uh, principles that the Buddha talked about 2,500 years ago. Wow. That's beautiful, beautiful. So uh, we're going to close this uh, session pretty soon, but I would like to uh, give uh, people the opportunity, give opportunity uh, to people to get to know what BCA is about. Uh, please uh, tell us a little bit about B BCA and uh, tell, about, tell us about uh, your activities and uh, your temples and uh, yeah, right. you know, please, please. Okay. Uh Shin Buddhism came to America in uh, 1899, so it's been here for about 118 years. And uh, the BCA is known as the Buddhist Churches of, of America and took on that name right after World War II. The name Churches was taken on intentionally to be more American, as all Japanese Americans, 120,000 of us, were uh, taken away to, uh, to and put into camps during World War II. And because of that experience, um, the temples were the place of sanctuary for many of us. And that is one reason why many Americans have not heard too much about Shin Buddhism. But now here it is at least 70 years after that experience of being incarcerated, that uh, people are becoming much more aware of Shin Buddhism. Uh, people are aware of Zen, Tibetan, you know, other forms. Uh, and now I think Shin Buddhism is coming to the fore because of its attitude of uh, gratitude, its... Uh, orientation toward the practice of ordinary people. We can be working. Uh, and so there are about 60 temples, mostly uh, located in uh, the Western states of California, Oregon, and Washington. But there are uh, other temples in uh, uh, the Midwest, uh, some in New York, uh, Cleveland, uh, even Washington, DC. But uh, now with modern technology, we can get information online. There are several magazines. Uh, I know that there are more articles coming out in the Buddhist magazines about Shin Buddhism. And so uh, BCA does have its headquarters in, both in San Francisco and Berkeley, where we have our Institute of Buddhist Studies. Uh, there's a bookstore which has many books on Shin Buddhism. And uh, so uh, in this age, we can access this information uh, regardless of where we live. And so I do encourage people to learn more about this. We do have our traditions that sometimes are interpreted in uh, a Christian way, which uh, is, uh, as I said, uh, a little different, and so it should not be misunderstood. Uh, it's also uh, based on some mythology that is, uh, you know, 800 or 2,000 years old. Uh, but that Buddhism always has kept up with times. Uh, that has uh, enabled it to go from countries uh, for over, uh, you know, 2,500 years in many different cultures and uh, countries. Uh, 21st century view of Shin Buddhism in America. And I think people will find that it's very helpful in not only the practical sense and making our everyday life better, but in the deep spiritual sense. And uh, it, it does take uh, just a little bit of effort to uh, understand it at a deeper level and not take it uh, as uh, often we do uh, with something new to relate it to something we're aware of. Uh, again, Shin Buddhism does take a view that is sometimes uh, quite different than uh, some of the Western religions. Beautiful, beautiful. So yeah, that was a really good time. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Reverend Takahoshi. And uh, 
yes, uh, if you think uh, this information is useful, uh, please make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel, like my uh, uh, Facebook fan page, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, because that's how we do it in the 21st century. So thank you so much, uh, okay. Reverend, for your time, and uh, uh, we'll talk very soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye.